I went to get a hot dog and a, and a soda and the game was over. <laughs> that game was over in five minutes. It's hard to remove somebody who's had success, who's gotten a lot for the program. All these people have donated gazillion of dollars to Michigan State because of Izzo. I get all that. But at some point, you know, and you would hope that Izzo would be the one to bow out and, and, and you know, and, and go out that way rather than people starting to call for his job. So. I don't remember anybody yes. from Michigan. Nobody yeah, maybe said, the, oh, they have no shot. They were everybody like, everybody nationally. It's March everybody Madness. Nationally. Are you he owns me? March. That's what I you, heard. That's you know what? Your buddies in the barbershop thought they could win, but nobody who analyzed that sport <laughs> nationally thought they had a chance in hell. Are you kidding me? Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. I think we have a good one, Carlos. You, oh, want, yeah. to talk about, you want to talk about history and hockey and a brawl from 25 years ago? That's fine. Your name's first, so you can, you know, you get to decide that. <laughs> but, 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 and we'll, and we'll get into that. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. But then we're going to have uh, Rob Parker join us Ooh. Ooh, for the second and potentially third uh, segments. Rob Parker, former columnist at the Free Press. I want to say Detroit News, former beat writer. Sort of a bon vivant around town. Owns a barbershop in Detroit. Currently teaching students, college students at USC out in uh, Los Angeles. You uh, save your jokes for that, right? I mean, we don't want to make any assumptions there. Also, uh, what else does he do? He has a Fox. Uh, he's a radio show uh, on. I want to say on a Fox network out in LA called I think The Odd Couple with Chris Boussard and Carlos. He writes columns for Deadspin, and he penned one earlier this week. Arguing that Tom Izzo, the Michigan State basketball coach, is, and I quote, washed. So we're going to have him in to talk about that. Uh, Mr. Izzo, Michigan State basketball, Michigan basketball. I am in San Antonio getting ready for Michigan basketball's uh, Sweet 16 game against Villanova. We can talk about that. And just in general, and you can uh, help uh, enlighten us too, Carlos, in general, the art of the hot take. Because Rob's a bit of a hot take artist. I know that sounds like a contradiction, maybe saying art and hot take in the same sentence. But uh, we're going to kind of get into that and, and why some journalists feel compelled to say things like Thomas was washed. All right. I think we're looking forward to that. This is going to be a great podcast. I can already feel it. I, and, and by the way, Rob, and I will say this when he comes on, he's one of my favorite people in journalism. So I am very much looking forward to this. Yes. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And it often works that way, right? Somebody who's kind of built their rep a little bit in their career on uh, saying things like Tom Brady is the luckiest quarterback ever and shortening that to the acronym, the LOAT, luckiest <laughs> of all time, can also be just a guy that would uh, do anything for you, right? And that's, that's Mr. Parker yes. in yes. any case. So we'll get to him in a bit and uh, break all that down. But first, you want to talk about the 25th year anniversary of the Wings Colorado Avalanche brawl. Go at it, my man. Yeah, I, you know, I thought we'd talk a little bit hockey, being this is hockey town, and this is one of the seminal moments that created hockey town. And, you know, by the way, the Free Press uh, has published a book about the whole Red Wings, uh, you know, uh, uh, their, their, their Stanley Cup, you know, runs and their, their, their great, you know, teams that they've had in the recent past. Um, so I'm trying to support the Free Press. I'm, I'm so, in that book, by yeah. the way. Are you, you, I know you're in so the book. There. I think you wrote a paragraph somewhere along the line about the Red Wings. So no, the, I, you, you drove around. No, the editor of the book, Mr. Gene Myers, former sports editor of the Free Press, the great Gene Myers, uh, it was silly, silly him, called me up, uh, I don't know, last year sometime and said, hey, do you want to write a, a column kind of introducing the, the – it was about the 97 uh, Stanley Cup run, you know, that broke the 42-year drought. So, no, I, I'm sure you're shocked, right, Carlos, that I would actually write about hockey? Did you? Did it take long to copy paste from Wikipedia, or did you? Did you actually write something from myself. original? I copied and pasted okay. from myself. Yeah, okay, because back yeah, then yeah. I used to write about hockey. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, this Saturday, uh, March twenty sixth, marks the twenty fifth anniversary of uh, lots of names. Fight night at the Joe, I think, is what a lot of people call it. Uh, when the Red Wings and Avalanche squared off in this huge melee. And a lot of people, a lot of people credit that day and that incident to 
starting the wings on their road to prominence and four Stanley Cups uh, in that time period and just just greatness after greatness. They were right there on the doorstep, but until they exacted revenge um, and just as a brief, brief, just, you know, background is the year before in the playoffs in the Western Conference Finals, uh, a guy named Claude Lemieux had uh, cheap shotted Chris Draper into the boards, broke his jaw, his orbital bone. Uh, it was in the final game of game six. They beat the wings, sent them packing. And then the avalanche, of course, you know, pour salt in the wound by winning the Stanley Cup. And so the abs and wings, obviously, was a great nemesis. And and uh, they didn't play. They, they didn't go against. Uh, well, they played three regular season games the next season. But it wasn't until March 26, 1997, that that brawl happened at Joe Lewis Arena. And it was this cathartic moment for the team. Um, it seemed to just wash away all the all the angst, all the problems, all the you know the the proverbial hump that they had to get over. The Wings were considered a soft team, a European team, all this st- different stuff. So they 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 beat the snot out of the Avalanche. You know, Darren McCarty wailing on Claude Lemieux, who famously turtled um, in that fight. You know, the goalies going at it, Patrick Waugh, Mike Vernon, all this stuff. Uh, people just couldn't get enough of it. You know, and they ended up winning that game. And then they end up beating the Avalanche in the Western Conference Finals that year. On and then they beat, they win the first Stanley Cup and beat the, they swept the Philadelphia Flyers. So it, it's just one of these great, great moments in one of the great histories of one of our great um, sports teams in Detroit. And you know, it happened so long ago that you really had to be. I mean, probably you have to be almost about forty years old to really have remembered and appreciated that the whole arc of what had happened with the Red Wings to get to that point and finally break through. So I just, I just, people love talking about it. Um, people like thinking about it, writing about it. You know, our books are based on it. Um, where were you? I wasn't in Detroit yet, Sean. I was still living in California. Didn't move out till 99. So where were you? Uh, you were probably watching some basketball games, some, some I don't know, whatever, AAU game somewhere on on some cable channel, but uh, what do you remember? Were you at that game? Do you remember watching it? What's your recollection? No, I was actually living in Alabama at the time, working in a newspaper in uh, Northern Alabama. But what I remember about that, you there, well, I obviously remember all that. Another thing I remember is you mentioned they played the Flyers. There was an editor in, in the, the Huntsville Times. He was a news editor, and he was from Philadelphia, so he talked a <laughs> lot of he talked a lot of stuff. And that was back when I was allowed to be. You know, I wasn't a sports writer. I was um, doing news and takeouts and features, and I loved following the Detroit teams because I'd spent a long time in Detroit before I'd moved to Alabama to take that job. And it was really thrilling. I mean, they were they were a lot of fun to watch. Real quickly, Carlos, and I want to make this point because it, it uh, I'm going to make it in a different way when we get Rob in here. And you mentioned the year before when they lost in the Western Conference Finals, what, four games to two, if I'm, my memory serves, in 96. Well, the year before that, yeah, the year before that, they had, I want to say, won a President's Cup, had the best record in the league, and got all the way to the, the Stanley Cup Finals, and it got swept, if I'm not mistaken, by the New Jersey Devils. And the, again, there was talk of, not again, but that was that was like the apex. Well, maybe the next year was when they lost to, Caval- uh, to, to Colorado. But that was at the pinnacle of the talk about they just weren't physical enough. You said soft, right? That they were... You know, they, they, they didn't get into the boards enough, that that style of hockey, the, the puck possession... You know, the, all the shots on the net that just – that f- was fine in the regular season, but it wasn't going to work in the playoffs. Well, uh, Carlos, from what I remember, that had been building for several years, right? That's partly why they brought Scotty Bowman in, to take these offensive guys and try to make them two-way players. He wanted everybody playing all over the rink. And that took a while, and that's a process. And they, they'd been skilled on and off, mostly on, since Eiserman was drafted and kind of built up and were good playoff teams and were fun to watch – but you'll remember, Carlos, trying to figure out how to take that to some playoff-style hockey to marry that beautiful hockey they played with some toughness. Um, it, it took a while. And that happens in sports, right? And we're going to talk about that with Rob. But why are we so quick? to? I mean, I, I don't want to get off on the basketball just yet, but just in general, Carlos, why are we so quick to give up in the process? Because that was a process, and it took uh, a long time. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, you know, they, they, they had been, like you said, they'd been building. And I think that's the problem is when you had a, you had a good coach like Jacques Demare before that. And then they had Brian Murray, I think, after him. Um, you know, you're going through some pretty, some, some pretty good coaches. 
and it's not working. And it was it was a different, not quite a money ball thing because teams had they had drafted you know or or put teams or um, players from Europe onto their teams back into the eighties. They were doing that and with defections and all this other stuff from Eastern Bloc countries. And but they were it just wasn't it wasn't happening. And it was something we hadn't seen in Detroit. You know, the the wings hadn't seen and fans hadn't seen from Detroit yet. So it was like, well, when's this going to happen? You know, we're getting manhandled by, you know, the the Adam Foots out there and the, the you know, the Lemuse and whoever else, you know. And so people were waiting for it to pay off. And I guess, you know, I mean, it was Scotty Bowman had already been there for a few years, you know. So it was like, OK, the great Scotty Bowman, you know, if he can't make it happen, is it never going to happen, I think. Um, so it's not like it was a knee-jerk reaction, but you need to see a payoff. You need to see something come to fruition. And even though it wasn't the same coach, like we will get into this with Tom Izzo being there for so long, you know, people were tired of it. People were tired of them being so close. And that's a that's a difference, you know, is that they were close. They were in a Stanley Cup Finals. They were making the the, the playoffs year after year and going fairly deep. So it was like, man, we just. Uh, we got to we got to knock out the bully here the avalanche were just the hated rivals and uh you know people were tired of it and and also as a hockey fan i mean you know i i as a kings fan in the 80s and watching gretzky and they were kind of a they were a finesse team as well i kind of got tired of it too like i wanted them to punch somebody back in the mouth i didn't like except for messier a little bit right yeah, well, Messi was tough. I mean, you know, and the Oilers, even though they had some Europeans on their team, they were they were a pretty tough team when they needed to be. Um, and I was tired of the Wings or the the King, the Wings, the Kings, kind of getting pushed around a little bit too much. And you know, you try to add a tough guy here and there, but the worst thing in this ho- in hockey is not only to lose the game, but to get like manhandled, to get you know pushed off the puck and slammed into the boards and beaten in the corners and all that stuff. You you want to fight back, you know. As a fan, it's frustrating, and I think that's what the the Wings fans probably felt was like, come on, man, we need, you know, Igor Larnianov's great, but he's never going to throw a punch, you know, and he's going to, you know, maybe you can get under his skin enough and, and you know, push him around. So, you know, that I think that's part of it is not that it was people were quick, but just they were they were waiting for the payoff. Well, and when we talk about tough and being tough, you know, it can mean different things, right? So, and Eisenman, some of Eisenman's earliest teams as they started making the playoffs, I mean, those teams were, I mean, he was really skilled, obviously, and fun to watch. But they had Bob Probert on. It was, a, you know, the, the best fighter, arguably, in the league at the time. But that's that's not the kind of toughness necessarily that wins. The, 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 the skilled toughness, the combination of some skill and some physicality, like with Brendan Shanahan, right? He was the player that really helped put them over the top. And then the emergence of uh, Konstantinov. Uh, that led to that first cup, right? He had some grit. You know, we mentioned Mark Messier. He provided some of that for those wildly skilled Oilers teams in the 80s. You know, you can remember when Eiserman was coming up, the wings going against those guys and just all that open ice and all that that passing and then skating. It was it was really beautiful to watch. But in any case, you're right. It's a, it's a process. And I just think in this day and age, you know, it's hard to uh, for, for fans to show patience, right? You know? Well, that's the problem, though, is it's the eternal struggle of what do teams do? And, and when you're talking about teams, it usually comes down to your general manager and your coach who are, you know, fighting for their jobs <laughs> almost every year. And when you're not when you're not showing fans results, all you talk about is patience and it's a process. And that's that's the buzzword these days. Right. Process, process. And people get sick of it. I mean, right. you know, there's a team in Allen Park that's been going through the process since 1957. So. You know, it's like just you, you watch. We're going to build, you know, I mean, right now they're talking, you know, the foundation, the foundation, you know, as I've written, you got to build a damn house at some point. You know, the foundations are great, but you got to add something to it. Um, and that's the that's the issue is. And, and you know, with, with Izzo, we're going to get into it is, you know, he set the bar high. He hadn't been there very long, take, taken over for Judd for just a few years when he won his national title. And yes, he's won a lot. Uh, but you need to see that pay off. And that's you're you're sometimes a victim of your own success that way is when you you know, we're going to see it pretty soon with A.J. Hinch. Right. A lot of promise last year. And now people are going to be talking playoffs. They're already talking. The, you know, Al Avila is talking playoffs and they're not hiding from it. I, I really applaud them for that. But you can't just have take a step back and then start talking about, well, it's a process and we got to be patient and we got to You know, it's just in this day and age, it's. Just a little bit, unfortunately. Whether you know, it's 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 not realistic to ask people to wait f- 
four years and five years for something to to finally come to fruition. But that's kind of the reality of how long it, it, it often takes. Sometimes it might take longer. It just depends on luck, injuries, all sorts of other factors. But you're right about the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers are actually in a in kind of a sweet spot right now, right? Because they, nobody expects them to go win in the playoffs this this coming year. I think fans would love it if they got to the playoffs. If they don't, you know, they might be disappointed, but it depends on how the year goes. Uh, injuries, right? You know, you lose a couple of games with flukes. I, I mean, there's there's going to be leeway this season. Um, next season, you know, that's a different story then, right? Because the, there's expectation a little bit right now, and assuming based on what this how this year goes, there'll be even a bit more next year, and that expectation starts to build. Uh, to your point, and um, but right now. You know, having a young team and seeing some promise to me is, I mean, other than winning a title, I think that's the most enjoyable spot for fans and often for coaches. You know, you'll hear coaches of all sports talk about how fun that is when you start to sense something building and you're moving up a little bit and you have a lot of grace uh, from the fans and they're just sort of enjoying the ride. And I think that's where the Tigers are right now. The wings aren't quite there yet. They haven't quite shown enough to get into that sweet spot. I mean, I, I know you always talk about this and you like the like the building and the, the story and the narr- the arc and the whatever. I just want to win. I just want to. I don't care. Go. I'm in the Dodgers. But it doesn't with, happen that way. The, yeah. But with it, the Dodgers, it just doesn't happen just, that way. Sure. They, sure it does. I mean, you go get a bunch of free agents and like the Dodgers and just reload and you never you never rebuild if you're the Dodgers. No, just, base, baseball's uh yeah, ridiculous. It's authoritarian fascism that way. Right. You, you could, If you have the money, you can spend it. Actually, that's not true. It's pure capitalism. You can spend whatever you want. <laughs> And, is there a difference? Uh, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about anybody else. What's that? Is there a difference? In- yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. No. But your Dodgers are. You know, there, there's a reason teams uh, fans uh, root against teams like that. Like if their own team's not in it, but they still want to watch the sport and watch a playoff, they're always going to root against a team like the Dodgers because they feel like they're they're cheaply that they're just buying their way in. You well, know, biggest big, biggest market in the country. You know, of course they're going to buy that. Well, I guess maybe outside of New York, right? But those two. Yeah, but it's a, and let's not get on a tangent too much about baseball, but that's how baseball is. I mean, let's not forget, you know, the great Tigers teams of recent memory, you know, Miggy, you know, he wasn't a homegrown guy and, and Maglio Ordonez and Victor Martinez. No, but they traded and, for him at least, you know, right? Right. I mean, you trade for guys, you get guys, you know, whether it's free agency or trade, you know, you go get guys, you don't wait for them to, I mean, even the Dodgers who have famously always had a great farm system, they still do, you know, they have a lot of rookies of the year and everything. They don't care. This is like, yeah, okay, this guy, you know, Corey Seager, all-star. Okay. He's gone. We're going to, who else are we going to get now? Oh, Trey Turner. Okay. We're going to get him. You know, it's like, they're just reloading. And I think that's part of it is fans see that. You know what, whatever sport it is, you know if you're if it's in hockey or you know you're watching what the, you know the, the Tampa Bay is doing or whoever Edmonton, you're like, all right, let's just let's just go get some free agents and we just want to win. You know, people just they don't care how you really get there. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just every- can you win now and how soon can you win? Because the price of well, the ticket is the same whether it's free agency or draft picks. Price of the tickets. Goes I up. like. I think fans are a little more nuanced and uh, complex than that. I mean, they understand first in any given pro league, right? I feel like fans understand intuitively. They they do. Every league has thirty teams in it at least, right? So you know that if you win to win it all, you have to get lucky, and it it comes around once. It you know, for some for most teams and most fan bases, you you get one in your lifetime if you're lucky too. There are a handful of squads out there over the last 30, 40 years in each in each league that have managed to be good for, and I'm in a town right now in San Antonio where the the Spurs are a great example of that. They were in the playoffs for what, 19, 20 straight years and won five titles. That's, you know, that's, that's rare though. You're just talking about a few teams. So most fan bases understand, yeah, they want to win. They want to win every year, but they understand it's not going to happen. So, you know, you get lucky when it does and you enjoy it when it does. And then, you know, then you try to find other ways to enjoy sports. Not that we want to, you know, go completely down that road, but that's kind of you know, it's you're right. It's a teeter totter between the the, the wanting to win and it's just trying to find ways to enjoy a season when you know there's no chance in hell of winning. <laughs> yeah, I and, I and you know, I think right now, I mean, you are right in as far as you know, the, uh, Detroit just has not had a lot of promise in their pro teams recently. So to even see any of that promise, you know, from the Pistons or the Red Wings or the Tigers, you know, and um, 
it's encouraging, you know, and, and you don't have to look far. If you look at the Lions, you know, like there's really not a lot of promise there right now. So just even to have a glimmer of hope and that you may go down to Comerica and you actually may watch them win a series, you know, or watch a, a game or or Spencer Turnbull throws a no hitter. You know, I mean, you may see something pretty good these days. Akil Badu, you know, the fun, energetic players. What's going to happen? The the anticipation of Riley Green and Torkel, you know, uh, Torkelson coming, um, all that kind of stuff. That That is fun. Um It'd be nice to think that it's on this, you know, upward linear arc that this is how teams are going to always go and they're going to add little pieces. But, you know, guys drop off. They struggle. They get sent down. They come back up. You know, doesn't always work. Um, But hopefully if they get and I do think with the Tigers, you know, not too baseball-y, but to get too baseball-y. But with the Tigers, I do think that if they show enough promise, you know, they might they could be buyers, you know, at the trade line deadline. I mean, if they're, they could be, yeah. I mean, if they're close enough, be. you know, it, and they should be, you know, adding just adding a even if you're adding adding a rental player just to get you to get this team back to the playoffs would mean so much, you know. And I think even if they get close, it'll be a successful season. But to not even sniff it or to be out of it in you know mid August, then I think that's the that's the thing that we can't have. That I right, think although it's going to be hard to explain. Although you, anybody our age or older, so that obviously does not include Tad. Um, <laughs> it probably includes Kirkland. It definitely includes Peter. Uh, but I, I remembers the trade in 1987 that the Tigers made midway because they wanted to get to the playoffs, where they gave up John Smoltz for Doyle Alexander. Right. Yep. Yeah, and it helped him get to the playoffs, and then Smoltz went on to become a. He's in the Hall of Fame, I think, right? He's a Hall yeah. of Fame pitcher. So, so you know, you you want to be careful too with with that kind of move, you know, do and how much you give up and and all that sort of thing. But yes, that's hey, people that uh, are a lot more successful and make a lot more money than we do are making those decisions. So you know, it's not so, really our worry, is it? So everybody else besides us is isn't what you're saying. Yeah, basically, we just get to you know fire off in the cheap sheets here. <laughs> Look, man, that was uh, that was fun talking hockey with you, but I think it's time to uh, take a break and then bring in uh, Mr. Parker, and you guys can d- d- talk about what a hot take really is and why you both staked your careers on them. How's that sound? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. All right, we'll be right back with more uh, uh, Carlos and Sean. Hey, it's Sean Windsor, and I'd like to tell you about the new sports app we've launched as part of our USA Today family. USA Today Sports Plus is the new sports app that puts fans first. Get the latest scores, stats, and standings, and enjoy interactive experiences with our award-winning sports writers, which obviously does not include me. Download USA Today Sports Plus from the Apple or Google Play stores today. USA Today Sports Plus. Fan harder. Hey, folks, welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, it's time. We, we got the man here, right? Let's just bring him in, Mr. Rob Parker. We introduced him at the top of the show. He's got too many. He's doing too many things. Rob, don't worry. We, we laid your bio out, your resume. Everybody <laughs> knows what you're doing, where you're writing, all that. But uh, let's get into it. I think Carlos is the first, first question here. Well, what's happening, and I appreciate you all having me on. You know that the Free Press will always have a place in my heart. It's the first place I ever got a column. It was a top 10 newspaper at the time. And I'm, oh, thank very, you. and I'm very proud to be the first black sports columnist at the Detroit Free Press back in 1993. Okay, that's awesome. How are we going to rip him now? Rip me. The free press that that's way. all right. <laughs> rip me. <laughs> yeah, he bulletproofed himself right there. Now, he now did, Rob, yeah, they, yeah. Rob is just one of the all-time great dudes in sports journalism. Everybody, you that's cannot true. be unhappy when Rob's around. I, you, Dude, you moved out to L.A. You left us behind. Just like Stafford. You pulled a Stafford. You dumped our asses to go out to L.A. like five <laughs> years ago. You know, now you're Mr. Superstar. You work like 15 jobs. Uh, so nothing but respect. I always love talking to you, Rob. We can't. I just can't tell you how happy we are to have you. Man, I appreciate that, Carlos, for real. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, L.A.'s been great. I love it out here. Uh, my time in Detroit was outstanding, 20 years, very proud of that. Uh, you know, I think I told you guys, uh, my barbershop, Sporty Cuts on Seven Mile Road between Outer Drive and Myers, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary this October, going to have a big party in the city. So I, I'm still a part of the community. I love uh, the barbershop 
you know, that's the place where everybody talks sports. And for a long time, I always felt like I had a pulse of what the Joe regulars were thinking about because I'm in the shop hearing them talk about sports. So it was always great. Can oh, Sean, so you got to blame them now? No, I'm is, not blaming is, is, them. Not at all. Is that, is that what's going on? What, what's that, Carlos? Go ahead. Sean, Sean's going to stop by for the 20th anniversary to get his one haircut. Is that okay? Like He has like two That's hairs right. on we'll his head him, now. We'll give him a discount, okay? 50% <laughs> off. Okay. No, that, that, that sounds good. Well, Rob, uh, yeah, it's great to have you here, man. You, it, it, Carlos is absolutely right. One of the best guys in the biz. So this is, this is what readers and listeners probably want to – Try to understand a little bit. So how can somebody be so sunny and ebullient and nice and kind and give you the shirt off their back and then write a column saying Tom Izzo's washed? How do you square those two those two things? I think I think folks out there would like to know that. Yeah, well, one is my personality and, you know, who I am. And another is the job I'm doing as a sports columnist. And that, I always take a look at it. Anybody can just write, oh, you the, know, this the is truth. This is great, or you know, oh, you know, this way the the future's bright, and despite them losing, things are going to be okay. You know, I think people want you to take a stand, take a look at it. Where is this headed? Can we look at the tea leaves and say that uh, Michigan State hasn't made it out of the second round in five of the last six years? Those are facts. Whether you want to ignore them or act like they haven't happened is something else, or if you want to use excuses and somebody's heard and COVID or whatever you want to use to justify. All I know is Tom Izzo last won a championship in 2000. That's 22 years. Carlos was using a typewriter back then when uh, he was covering sports. That's how long it's been. Oh, Those are all facts, but why, and I want to let Carlos get in here, but why say, and, and I want to talk about this a little bit, too, just in general with the idea of what we consider a hot take. But why say somebody's washed? There's a difference between pointing out, okay, it won this and this and this. But why say somebody's washed? That means they don't know what they're doing anymore, right? That they've, no. lost, tu- that they've lost touch, that they can't relate to players or, or strategize or recruit or anything like that. It's more about that, you know, it's been so long. I don't believe Tom Izzo is going to win another championship. I mean, I, you, you could maybe find a guy that went 22 years, 23 years between championships, and I don't know who that is. So I just, when I say he's washed, like the chances of him winning again, I just don't believe that's going to be the case because it has been so long. And it would be a miracle to, to, be, to win 25 years in between championships. It just, it just seems like so much time has passed. And Sean, you know, I've talked to you for years. And I don't believe that you even would have thought that this this many years would have gone by already without him getting another one. And I give Tom Izzo credit. He knows he has to win another one because there are 33 other coaches who have all won one championship. Kevin Ollie was at UConn long enough to have a cup of coffee and a sweet roll, and he has a championship. (laughs) No, you're you're absolutely right. I don't know if he has to win another one, does he? Yeah. why? He's in the Hall of Fame. I just think right? that... When, he's won when, six, six conference titles. He's won, what, almost as many, or more than that, eight or six nine. Six conference titles in 30 years? Is that what you're No, no, I'm sorry. I meant the Big Ten Championship oh. uh, conference tournaments. He's won, what, 10 or 11 conference titles. He's been to eight Final Fours, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Do you really think he has to win? He has to win one to separate himself out because it's a small club of guys who've won two or more. Right? There you go. If you want to be considered elite or great, I do believe he has to win another one. Well, maybe there's a difference between elite and great. All right, jump in here, Carlos. What do you got? Well, okay, let's just – one thing we, we, have, we have to say is this is all coming from, from Rob's Despin column. It's called March Madness has turned to goo for MSU coach Tom Izzo. And, you know, to give Rob some – you know, to be fair, you know, he did say no one – he wrote, no one is saying Izzo is dog food. He gets credit for things he has accomplished – but there's some fugly stuff along the way, too. Um, and he also mentions ah, there's some Detroit sp- sports columnists who keep writing this every year. Despite the loss, there's hope for the team. You know, I didn't want to a- mention Sean by name. So I just said, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's yeah. actually no. Let me let me just say this. We want some facts. We want some facts. Let me just say this real quick. Sorry, Carlos. So here are the facts. I will. I, I what, what's the problem right now is it? And I told this to Carlos early off the air. Rob, is that these last two seasons are 
his two most I don't, I'm trying to think in the last 20 years that he's ever had two average teams in back-to-back years like this right so that's that's what I think a lot of the fan base is feeling right now that's why you were responding it's not necessarily the the lack of a run because three years ago um you know or two actually two years ago from right now he had a team that won the title and the COVID shut everything down I mean won a big big 10 conference COVID shut everything down who knows what that team they could certainly be upset whatever so that's that's number one number two is that the last time people were talking about this, Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges left for the NBA and they got upset in the second round of Syracuse. And people thought he was done then. And when is he ever going to get that much talent? Well, the next year he went to the Final Four. And the next year he had a team, the year after that, when Winston was, Castro Winston was a senior, he had a similar team with Tillman and all that. They might have done it. I don't know. So that's why, to me, I'm looking at history and reality and those kind of facts. That the last time everybody was talking like this, the very next year he went to the Final Four, and that was just three or three years ago. Okay, I mean, you know, that's your column. I respect your opinion. I don't agree with it. I just think that uh, you know we can look at everybody. I mean, Jim Beheim been at Syracuse for fifty years. I mean, God, he's got one champ. If Carmelo Anthony never showed up, he would have never won anything. And I mean, Shashevsky's won one in what the last twelve. Yeah, but he's won one, and he's got no. Multiple. I know, I know, he's but he had been doing. That was his only Final Four. So what? I mean, you, you, if you're going to measure everything by a title, I'm, I measure by. I, I, I believe sports has a short menu. It's wins and losses. If you want to hold on to Final Fours as if that's a badge of honor, when Tom Izzo loses, what's his Final Four record? If you're talking about being in, the, making it to the Final Four, what's his record since he's only been to two championships? No, no, it's true. But if you want to measure wins and losses, so you don't care about tournament conference or conference tournaments or regular season conference champs and all that, because you know that that doesn't matter a bit in the professional sports. But college fans still hold on to that. No, I get it. I do because it's so hard to win. I'm just saying, if you want to, separate, oh, it's hard if to you win. You want eh? to separate yourself and be elite. I, I think his Hall of Fame induction was premature. You know, I think Coach Cal. I mean, think about him. I wrote a column similar about Coach Cal. Carlos, he has 25 players in the NBA and he has one championship. I mean, come on. That, to me, is, is a waste of talent. One year he had eight NBA players and they didn't win a, cha- a, a national championship. With eight there's NBA a reason, players? There's a reason for that. And if you watch college basketball, you'd probably know that. But go ahead, Carlos. Well, I, you know, I think, I, I think that one, you know, Rob makes a good point in his column about you know, whether Izzo has failed to adapt, right? And he hasn't been willing to get these one-and-done guys, the the Zions and the Kyrie Irvings and those kind of guys. Do you all know what it takes to get those one-and-done guys, just by the way? I don't because I'm not a recruiter, but um, I mean, it's and this is a this is a fair point of, you know, uh, your philosophy as a coach. And Izzo gets guys who stay for three or four years. They, they're tough teams. They play great defense. And they do win. They do win regular season games. They win conference tournaments and all this stuff. But I, and I don't know. Uh, what do Spartan fans want? Do they are they good with that? Is that like, hey, we have a team that's very competitive, very good. It's fun. It's great to go to Breslin and the Izone and all this stuff. But when it comes to history and the NCAA tournament and where you're really going to be remembered, that's where it hasn't quite lived up to. I'm sure what fans would have preferred. You know, they, I think most fans would probably trade conference tournaments and whatever for NCAA greatness for winning a either getting in the championship game or winning titles a little bit more regularly. Right. That that's all it is. If he would have won two or three, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He would have a rightful place uh, with some of the elite coaches. One, I just think is, you know, like uh, Tubby Smith, Uh, you know, people rip on Tubby Smith. He won one championship. Right. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on of the guys who have won one, uh, you want to say Tom Izzo is the greatest coach at Michigan State, Judd Heathcote won one championship, right? It just so happens that Greg Kelser and Magic Johnson showed up in East Lansing and <laughs> and and, and uh, he won a championship. So I just think that the one doesn't really tell you how great somebody is. When you win di- with different players and different teams and circumstances, you start to say, 
it's about this guy. This guy can make that happen. And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the worst of the worst and you don't want him or whatever. And for all the people who think that I hate Tom Izzo and I got some, some, you know, um, narrative or, you know, or it's this Tom Izzo did something to me. That's why I'm, I just want people to go back and read the column that I wrote when Tom Izzo won the championship in 2000. And I said that he should be hired for the Pistons job as head coach. So if I hated Tom Izzo personally, why would I write a column and recommend him for the Pistons job? It's just well, not true. I just think you get you get wrapped up in that one. I mean, you, you, your point about Kevin Ollie, even even Calipari, who's won one, you're talking about the NBA players. Let's just, and I know you don't have a whole lot more time here, but let's just break this down real quickly. A team with a freshman uh, as their best players has not won since Duke did in 2015. So that's seven years. And there's a reason for that, right? Because freshmen, it's it's the teams that are winning right now, and it's going to be true this year, although if Duke wins it this year, and they do have a, a top three pick in Paulo Banchero. They have more juniors and seniors that are in their rotation this year than they've had in a while. Because Krzyzewski started to realize. He, he had Zion and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish three years ago, and they lost to Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman in the regional final in D.C. I was I was at that game. It was a thrilling game. You wouldn't – I mean, Duke had more talent. Here's the other thing about Izzo that I would say, though. Um, his record against higher seeds and uh, teams with more NBA players in the tournament is – is it's not even closer than anybody else. So if you're talking about a good coach, Matt Painter at Purdue is a really good coach. Gene Cady before him, who never won a title, was a great coach. Why do we always have to say? I mean, did did Cady have the best players at Purdue? No, he did not. And to me, that's so that's how I look at it. Who does what with what they have? You want to talk about recruiting and how you get those players? That's fine. The only coach out there, Rob, to me that's done it and d- does it in a way that I think it's would be palatable, Michigan or Michigan State, is Jay Wright at Villanova. Yeah, and but he had a, Tom, Tom, right. Izzo, Tom Izzo goes against Coach K is three and thirteen. I don't think that's impressive. And I'm not oh, saying I, that, well, yeah, but who's had the, who's been favored in every single game? Doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't, but of course it matters. Talent why? matters. So you're saying Tom Izzo has it's no not, chance? This isn't the NBA or the NFL. No, right? but that, everybody says Tom does more with less. I well, his record shows that. I remember the championship in North uh, against North Carolina at Ford Field. That game. I went to get a hot dog and a and a soda, and the game was over. <laughs> and that what do you think about that North Carolina minutes. team? That was the best. That, that's arguably the best college basketball team in the last twenty years. That you you know that. Did people you were at pick, that game? Did people pick Michigan State to win? I don't remember anybody. Yes. Michigan. Nobody yeah, said, the, oh, they have no shot. They were everybody like, everybody nationally. It's March Madness. Nationally. Are you he owns me? March. That's what I you, heard. That's you know all what? I heard. Your buddies in the barbershop thought they could win, but nobody who analyzed that sport nationally thought they had a chance in hell. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, man. That what you saw, by the way, you, you were there. Did you watch the game or no? I was there. Okay. I, matter of fact, I was on ESPN first take that morning, flew back for the game to be there to watch up close. And I and I, I said on national television, people got they were mad at me that that Michigan State had no chance. They asked me if Michigan State could win that game. And I famously said, Carlos, no way, no how are they winning that game. You know what? Their own coaches knew they had no prayer. I remember I was embedded, not embedded that year, but I was around the team. I remember talking to their some of their assistants. They knew what they were up against, right? They're not going to tell their players that. They're not going to tell the public that. I think I'm not talking out of school here. They understood what they were up against. That I mean, that was a buzzsaw, right? That was crazy. Hey, you keep uh, defending Tom Izzo and uh, no, I just have a different idea about oh, what a good coach. So, so is. Sean, I'll ask you this: Is he going to win another championship? How many more years is he coaching? Ten? I don't think I don't think he will. But here's no, I don't. I do not think he will, and because you got to get lucky in the right mix. And the last time he had that was the COVID year. And how often do you get that? How often do you get a player like Cassius Winston with a defensive savant like Tillman? You don't. Not at a place like Michigan State. It doesn't happen that often. I would say no. I agree with you. I don't. I think it's going to be really difficult for him to win another title. But here's the bigger question to you, Rob: If he does this again next year, if they don't compete for a Big Ten regular season title, if they're not in that mix, and they they squeak into the tournament and lose in the first weekend, I think you're going to more people are going to jump on your side if that's three years in a row because he's not had that in his career. That would you know, be. I, you. I, I, I'll agree with that. I think that even the faithful will start to say. 
maybe, you know, maybe this is uh, uh, worn its treads out. You know what I mean? And maybe it's time to make a move. It's hard to remove somebody who's had success, who's gotten a lot for the program. All these people have donated gazillion dollars to Michigan State because of Izzo. I get all that. But at some point, you know, and you would hope that Izzo would be the one to bow out and, and, and you know, and, and go out that way rather than people starting to call for his job. So Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to make one last point, and Carl says, wants to wrap it up with some Tom Brady nonsense. Look at <laughs> him. Brady. So, I, 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 what's that? What you no, you know, it, <laughs> look, he smiled. Look, real, to me, the, the, two, the two things that have hurt uh, Tom in terms of the perception, to your point, Rob, is the 2014 team when I thought, and a lot of people thought, and not not that I matter, but a lot of people thought he had the best team in the, in college basketball. That was uh, Keith Appling and 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 all those guys. Brennan Dawson, Valentine was a off the bench. He started right. some, but the, Gary Harris was the two guard. Adrian Payne, uh, they, they were really really good, but they were injured all year. Got healthy right for the Big Ten tournament. Blew everybody out in the Big Ten tournament. And Appling re-injured his wrist, and they lost in the regional finals to Connecticut. That was Kevin Ollie's team, by the way, right? And that they were that was the one year where he had the best team and they didn't win. And then the other one was the upset to Middle Tennessee State. He didn't necessarily have the best team in the game that year, but, you but know, that shouldn't have happened, right? That's that right. Was, that, that that was and that happened. was and that was that was tough. They had a matchup issue with the power forward. You don't want to get into the into the the real nitty gritty of that. But that 2014, if you ask him, and I know you talk to him sometimes, what's his biggest regret in the last 20 years? That's what he'll tell you. He 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 thought he should have won the title that year. I buy it. Oh, yeah. In any case, Carlos, you want to wrap this uh, wrap this up? I'm just glad that there's no bloodshed over here, and you know, and, and no, uh, not at all, not at is, all. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and we and, and I'm going to say this, Carlos. We argue about. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You got to have me on again, okay? I I want to come on again, okay? To talk about Steph Curry. Yeah, because we we, we, are, we we argue about Curry and I said, <laughs> Carlos, you got to understand. Rob and I had get on the phone every now and again yes. and just argue. We argue about stuff all the time, but it's all good. Okay. <laughs> oh, don't, yeah. don't don't give it away for free, Rob. Come on. <laughs> so what do you got on Tom Brady? What now? What the biggest egomaniac? That guy, Tom Brady. <laughs> I wish he would go away. <laughs> the, the loat, right? He is the loat, the luckiest of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and now I think that's why he decided to come back. He looked at all the quarterbacks and all the talents in the AFC. So he's like, wait a minute. It's only Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford in the <laughs> NFC. Here's my chance. I can get one more. You know, that's what made him decide because uh, Russell Wilson got traded out of the NFC, you know, and, and now he thinks maybe I got one more shot. Unbelievable. It- it probably just bothered him. You know, like, I can't go out getting beaten by Matthew Stafford, right? I, I got to come back and, and and twice last year. So he's got to come back. And redeem yeah. himself, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, Tom, at some point, you know, you don't want to get to that point where everybody's sick of you and they want you to go away. I think there comes a time. That was a good time. He, You know, to me, he after he won the Super Bowl and proved that he could win without Bill Belichick, that could have been a great time. You go out on top. You got that other championship. People can't say it was Bill and just his system. And 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 what else is there left? All you're doing is setting yourself up to maybe wind up getting hurt late in your career. Why would you put yourself in harm's way after you've had this great career, been this longevity, only been injured seriously once? Why would you do it? It's got to be ego. It's yeah. got to be. They can't. Yeah, they, it, it couldn't be competition or loving the locker room or loving the game. No, what about loving your kids and going to their games? Well, uh, what about what about the rest of us? I'm, I'm so I'm sitting here and I haven't been home in weeks because of this job I have. So I don't love my kids. Is that what you're saying? You love That's your what you're kids. Saying. You haven't been playing uh, football and uh, for all these years. Your kids only got a few years in high school. Go watch them play. Throw them the okay. ball around. I see. Walk. I see how. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what what happened to the nice Rob and the non-judgmental Rob and let you know let people doing their thing? Look at that, look at that smile there. Oh Come my on, God. that's me all day. You know that. No, I know, I know, I know. Well, listen, I know you got to go, and we're gonna if we don't take a break here, our producers are gonna get uh, more uh, irritated with us than they already are. At least me. I don't want to well, speak for Carlos. Well, let me say this. I I appreciate you having me on. Let's do it again. I'm serious. In the next month or something, if you could squeeze me in. Give me a little more time. We'll let it breathe. We'll talk about a lot of different things. I would love to do that. And, and I do want, I want to say for people 
who are listening to the podcast. You know, I'm very proud of the of the thing that I helped create last year. And if you get a chance, check it out. It's, it's a new website. This is our second season. It's called MLBBro.com, where we cover black and brown baseball players. And it is, uh, it, 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 you know, baseball is my number one to my heart. And it's just a closer look and a dive into the black players in the league. And when we say brown, we're talking about black players mixed with something else. And, and that's what we mean by brown. Um, and it's a unique site. I'm very proud of it. Year two is about to start. We'll kick it up again on opening day, April 7th. Like Badu, we do plenty of stories and videos about uh, Badu with the Tigers and, and any other black players in the league. So check it out, MLBBro.com. Yeah, let's let's have you back and talk more about that. You and I have talked a lot about, uh, and you've written some interesting stuff on why they're, you know, the de- decline of black players in baseball and, and all of that sort of thing. Plus, you know, that way you can admit that you love baseball and really don't know much about basketball. So we'll get you back into your <laughs> wheelhouse, which yeah. would be which would be great. And Carlos loves baseball too. So, yeah, it'd be great to have you back in. And you can think about – this is your homework assignment for us for the next time you come back. Think about why you'd write somebody's wash instead of saying – I don't think they're going to win a title again. They may win this and this and this. Because you know what? That's what hot take people do. Okay. And I want to talk to you about why you became a hot take person and all that. We want to we want to have some fun with that. Okay, that definitely. Good? But but it's it's all about words you use. Like like when the Phoenix Suns last year made that run and everybody was hurt on the way to the championship. I called it fugazi. I didn't want to give them any credit. So certain words, frauds, phonies. Fugazi, wash. Those are the like. That's the language you want to use. That's how you get people's attention. You don't go. I'm well, glad you admit that. Well, I'm glad maybe. You admit that. Well, maybe Tom Izzo might win another one. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> He's washed. Period. Well, I would argue that there's a market for all that, and we'll we'll discuss that the next time you come back. All right. Peace, guys. Appreciate it. All right. You. Thanks for joining that us, Rob. All, All right. right. We'll talk to you. And Carlos, we'll, be, uh, we'll, we'll Hello. be right back. I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slarry and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, wow, God, I had to towel off there um, <laughs> to wipe my brow off, Carlos. That's that's really something. I think when we, you and I th- we talked about this podcast, I thought you were going to be coming at me like that, but it turns out you're just a thoughtful, nice, uh, you know, sort of intellectual guy. And, and uh, you know, you're not the hot take guy at all that the readership had thought you were. So, you know, maybe it means Rob Parker needs to come in. Shake things up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Parker and the man. We got to bring it back. Parker. Parker and the man. No, that was uh that was fun. Thanks for agreeing with him, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he you know, he 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 made a lot of good points in his in his column, and obviously he admits, you know, I mean it's it's all about getting attention and uh, you know, getting people riled up and some people agree with you, some people don't. Um, having a strong opinion, you know, that's that's what he's paid to do and he does it well. Yeah, the thing is, you got to believe, you know, this is the thing that, and we'll talk about this when you have him on again, but uh, you got to believe what you're saying. That's why whenever, when I'm talking, you see, and, and the listener, listeners, you couldn't see, Rob just breaks out in this huge grin because he knows on some level he's exaggerating a little bit what he's saying because that's the business, and we'll we'll, we'll get into that down the road. But, but in any case, Carlos, it's fun. Can't deny that, right? Oh, no. 
Listen, uh, I think it's time to do our favorite thing, and I was hoping you could do mine too. And I've talked way too much <laughs> that last segment. <clears throat> Excuse me, you didn't talk enough, so can you just, you know, do both? Would that be okay? No, you, I know what yours should be, but you need to. It, it has to do with your travels in Greenville, South Carolina. That's what. It, that's really what it should be. But no, uh, you you should have something. Yeah, yeah, I, I can. Uh, I, I mean, I do. But I was hoping you'd come up. But anyway, what's your what's your favorite thing, my man? All right, it's related to the first topic, to the Red Wings brawl. Um, <clears throat> you know, as you know, I love hockey, and one of the things that you know. After you do this for a while, you're a sports writer for a while, you talk to a lot of different people and, you know, sports icons and all that stuff. Um, But there are times where you still get I still get excited about talking to somebody, having having the chance to have access to somebody uh, to discuss a topic I'm naturally interested in. And that happened this week when I when I talked to Darren McCarty. And I called him and I did an interview for a column that's coming up about the whole, you know, the 25th anniversary. And um, anybody who's listened to McCarty on his podcast or he's on Woodward Sports, he's, you know, at Red Wings game as a arena host, uh, uh, analyst. Um, he's fun to listen to. He's fun to talk to. He's very energetic. He says some really crazy stuff, but he's completely genuine. Um and it was just so fun to be able to talk to him and reminisce about I, what are the what are the sports events I truly wish I'd been at. I I didn't even know that it was going on at the time. I wasn't a, I wasn't in Detroit at the time, so I had no idea. I knew about it after the fact, and I still like kind of kicked myself. I wish I'd at least seen it live on TV or something um, in California. But getting able being able to talk to him and walk down memory lane and talk about all the different guys and what was going on during the fight and. You know, all this different stuff, you know, Forsberg and Lariana getting into it and all this stuff. It was just really fun to spend that time with him. And we've talked about it before in the past with him. Um, I have. and But just every once in a while, you get to talk to somebody. And sometimes some interviews are like pulling teeth, Sean. You know that. You, you need to talk to somebody, but they're not really great. They're not forthcoming. But McCarty's the opposite. I mean, he's just there. And he loves, he embraces all of it. He doesn't shy away from it. He loves being Darren McCarty. He loves being the guy who, who settled a score with Lemieux. Uh, so it's always really pleasurable whenever I have an excuse to talk to Darren McCarty about specifically that day. Um, but about anything else, too, he's really a, a blast. So I was, I was very happy to be able to, to touch base with him. So when can we look forward to this, Carl? So are you writing a book? <laughs> yeah, volume two of the Detroit Free Press's uh, Red Wings book. Um, well, Helena has one too. Maybe I should write my own. Um, it is. Uh, I I don't control when things come out, Sean. But I hope maybe Friday uh, or possibly Saturday. Saturday is actually the anniversary. So soon, so we soon-ish. can say soon. soon. Soon, yeah, yeah, soon. very soon. Rob Rob would of course say it's never going to come out and book it, but uh, but we can say it's going to be soon, right? Can we say that? I hope so. Yeah, if you okay. if, uh, producer Kirkland Crawford agrees. Okay, I'm going to keep this really short because uh, I don't want Tad uh, or Todd, Tad's uh, you know lovely father, to get upset with me. So my favorite thing is that we didn't have to talk about golf this week. Oh, is it, can, can, can that be my what? favorite thing? What? No. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We will talk about golf soon. At the uh, Oakland Hills is going to get the U.S. Open a couple of times, and that's that's a very nice thing. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do anything to, to minimize that or anything that at all. Just, you know, thank you, Lord. We didn't have to talk about it this week. So, speaking of the Lord, my favorite thing is that I <laughs> was in, you know, if you believe in the Lord, I was in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, where lots of people believe in the Lord. Uh, for Michigan State, Duke, Michigan State, Davidson. You know, the tournament's great. College basketball this time of the year is a lot of fun. I was in Indianapolis for Michigan, Colorado State, then wrote and flew down and got in late to Greenville. And I uh, was actually going to go back to Indy if Davidson had beaten Michigan State, and you know, which is kind of crazy. But it's also enjoyable, and it's one of the better times of the year for this for this job. Wait, 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 My wait! Favorite... You were going to go, you were going to go from Indy to Greenville, and then back to Indy, and then back I to did Greenville. Go from, I did go, I did go from Indy to Greenville, and I was going to go back to to Indy if um, the flights didn't work. If Davidson had beaten State, yes, I was going back to Indy. But you were going to come. But you would have obviously come back to Greenville for Michigan State. Not if not if not if Davidson had beaten Michigan State. That was kind of the plan. But we actually thought about trying to make it work, even if both teams kept winning. But the problem was, 
it just logistically it, it it was tough and the airlines you know not as many flights and i don't want to bore our listeners with all that we thought about it we were going to do something a little crazy and try to do that my favorite thing real quickly though is you know sometimes just getting back into a space where you you had it has some meaning for you out of your childhood and you know i moved around a lot was a military brat but greenville i'd never really spent much time in i lived for a while in columbia south carolina which is about an hour and a half east or so of greenville and i've been to charleston for so i i I have some muscle memory some 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 synapse memory of the red clay carlos and the pines and the hollies and the smells and the meat and three and a meat and three for northerners is is a southern slash soul food restaurant where you go in and you pick your your meat the protein or whatever catfish carlos fried chicken (laughs) smothered pork chops you know, meatloaf, all sorts of things. And then you pick three sides to go with it from usually a long list of mostly vegetables, some carbohydrates, and then you get your cornbread, homemade yeast rolls. And so there was a place over in Spartanburg, which is about 30 minutes from Greenville, that had a place that had been there since the 40s, like a lot of these places in the south. And, um, and I took a couple of reporters over there and just for not a whole lot of money, had one of the best meals I've had in a long, long time. It's just all it's fairly simple food, cooked from scratch. And it's just it's just delicious, you know. Maybe you wouldn't want to eat like that every day, Carlos, but uh, but it sure is fun. And then you know, it's okay to have a little piece of pie, obviously homemade after that. So I got to go to a meet and three and just see those sights and smell those smells. And it's very specific to parts of the South. And uh, you know, and I just I just really enjoyed that. And it's fun to walk into those places now. A lot's changed, obviously, in the last 60, 70 years down there. And just the, the vibe in them, the food. They're, they're people from different backgrounds sitting together, all enjoying a, 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 you know the same kind of simple, nourishing uh, food. So yeah, there you go. So just between us, it was a Waffle House, right? No, I did. I did try a Waffle House in India a few <laughs> a few weeks ago because of the because of the schedule. You know, sometimes you write really late and you're hungry, you don't have a chance for dinner, and we tried it, and uh, and I. I do have a soft spot for Waffle House, but this this one was struggling a little bit. I'm going to write it off to COVID and post-COVID and all that. How about that? I'm going to be be kind. What was the name of the place? Wade's. W-A-D-E-S. Wade's. Wade's something cooking, maybe. Yeah, okay. Wade's. All right. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. It was, and you you didn't pick fights with the uh, with the unwoke owner or anything like that, did you? No, I don't even know what. Uh, no, of course not. No, you did that, in, that at Penn State. At Penn State, you almost took your. Oh no that that, that was not the out. same that that was not the same kind of place in the north, and that's for another show for another time. In the south, the south is different and moved on in some ways, and have dealt with things in a way that we haven't in the Midwest uh, completely. You know, mm-hmm. and in in the south, black and white folks share not religion just yet, not churches on Sundays, but but sometimes post church meals, and there's just a little bit more. In fact, we were talking about this. Uh, one of the folks that went with me was, was is black. We were just talking about the, the 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 ease and the feeling in certain spots in the South that you wouldn't think of. He's a Northerner. You're like, wow. In any case, I don't want to. That, that that's a different topic. But uh, there's something about food that can do that sometimes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You share no, the, share the share the same food. We all start pre- praying together to whatever God and mixing up that way i think we'll be uh, we'll be okay we'll start with food and then hopefully we can you know start looking up to the heavens together how about that i'm hungry now yes all right carlos uh, well that was fun my man i'm glad i'm glad uh, you and you and rob like uh, didn't didn't come to blows over the over zoom somehow but uh, our team whatever we're on but uh, yeah we had got, we got to have them on again so great idea sean i really appreciate it it was your idea it it was well. Next time we'll do baseball, and I'll sit quietly. How about that? Because we, you know, yeah, I you're not like going to sit quietly. Oh my god, I don't like it when I talk that much. It's not good. It's not good for the show. It's not good for your soul. <laughs> it's you know? great. I mean, it's hard enough that Tad sits there and doesn't ever say anything, and then Anjanette comes in. Uh, Anjanette, executive producer, executive <laughs> editor. It's it's hard, and then Anjanette comes in and judges us. You know what I mean? Harshly, we get these long, detailed notes. <laughs> about what she would say differently or what she'd do differently. And I just, I don't understand it, frankly. Do you? Yeah, she's an editor. That's her job. Okay, I guess that's fair. No, no, no. We, we love internet. In any case, Carl, so it's good to see you, bud. I look forward to the day we can back in the studio together. How about that? Yeah, hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, that, that'd be great. In the meantime, we'll keep uh, doing it from wherever we are. I'll keep traveling with a microphone. So will Carlos... 
He's uh, got a lot of trips coming up, right? You're taking your your uh, college visits, more college visits, more. Okay. But they're on the weekend. I won't interfere with uh, with work. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if you need to, that's all right. Just take your microphone. Tad will make yeah. it work. But uh, in any case, speaking of Tad, let's thank Tad because this podcast does not happen without Tad Davis, our producer, nor Anjanette uh, Delgado, executive producer of this podcast, executive editor of the Free Press, uh, Kirkland Crawford, sports editor at the Free Press, who is also a co-executive producer of this podcast, and Peter Batia, the editor of the Free Press. Uh, look, if you if you like the podcast, let us know. Subscribe, rate, leave us notes, comments. I don't know. Send Carlos email. I'd give you his cell phone number, but you might actually text him, and I don't think he'd like that. But uh, you can do it through Spotify. You can find us, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, Carlos, once again, a pleasure, and uh, we will meet and be with you all next week.